0: Welcome to the Hit Refresh podcast. Today we have another guest with us, and his name is Mr. James Russo. Currently, James is a founder and CEO of Coalink Solutions. He is a board member of Deverei University of Illinois, and is also an executive coach at Think Human. He is also the author of the book, Success of Your Own Terms, Six Promises to Fire Up Your Passion, Ignite Your Career, and Create an Amazing Life. He has done his executive MBA from Kellogg Institute of Management he has held various senior executive positions with companies such as J.P. Morgan Chase, Allstate and Legal Sheet. With over 20 years of leadership experience in a variety of industries, including insurance, healthcare and financial services. So thank you for taking time from your busy
1: schedule and welcome.
2: Thank you so much for having me. Thank you.
1: Yes, uh, we are really glad to have you, sir. Uh, yeah, so we are just gonna be starting with some basic uh, personal sure. and some related questions. So, So firstly, how has pandemic affected you, your life, and uh, Corelink Solutions? How has the post-pandemic uh, period has been going on, and how things have been going on with you?
2: Yeah, I think similar to to most people, I think uh, we were beginning to move into a new office location right before the pandemic hit, so uh, it just slowed down immensely. Kind of completing the move in, right? We we got the things in there, and then next thing you know, we can't really get settled. Uh, we were starting to bring a couple people on board, uh, on a team. And so that slowed that down a little bit. I'm a, i am I totally have worked with virtual teams all my life, but I think in this new chapter, uh, when it's going to be a much smaller team, uh, I, I definitely have a leaning towards, uh, more local people who can be in the office so we can kind of build that culture together. Uh, and so that's hard, right. With a pandemic hitting yeah, and, yeah. uh, and then lastly, I think uh, like everyone else, it may have changed uh, the customer flow, right? In terms of new clients and customers, but no complaints. I've actually, we've, we've done fine in terms of uh, from an executive coaching perspective, uh, plenty clients, uh, and then from a nonprofit perspective, uh, people still need the kind of help in terms of the offerings we have. So it's been fine on that, that perspective, yeah. Yeah,
1: that's actually nice to hear because uh, the pandemic hasn't been really nice to other people. <laughs>
2: Yes, this is so true. Yes,
1: that's good to hear. We are in junior here. I was the third year
0: uh, of college, and yeah. this is the period when people decide in India, at least, and you have to decide whether we'll do, we'll be doing an MBA or we'll be doing a master's mm-hmm. in some other field, or we'll yes. go in a job, or we'll start a startup, or and all the other things which are there. Yes. So, according to your book, you say chase your passion. It's about passion, and how do we incline that with our current situations. So like in the pandemic, first of all, uh, the, the mm-hmm. choice is a bit, a bit limited. I feel I wouldn't say that they're exactly limited, but so how do we deal with that? So what is your approach to that?
2: Man, that's such a big question. Um, you know, I think, it, you know, one, I think as you go to college, uh, you have a perspective of what you want to do and then you start to learn a little bit and you, it may unravel a little bit, right? You may go, yeah, I'm not sure I want to do this as much as I did when I started, right. Or when I was reading the pamphlet and took the the tours <laughs> now it doesn't yeah. feel quite the same. Uh, and then even if it does, I'm not sure where I'm going to, where I'm exactly, I'm going to go with it. Right. And so I'm a big fan of, um, one, having more, it's going to sound funny, but more internal conversations. And so there's some questions I always ask people. I don't care if they're 12, 16, 18, 40, 60, the question seem to generate the same response. Right. So the first question is uh, tomorrow you get, you know, untold fortunes delivered to you five million bucks. Right. And you're going to do the things that everyone else is going to do. You're going to buy your home. You're going to buy a home for your parents. You're going to take the trips you've always wanted to take, get all the material things. But then after that's done, what are you going to do with your time? right? You're not going to party all the time. You're not going to hang, just hang out. You want to do something with time. Well, what is that it thing? And then if you can't, if it doesn't come to you, think about, okay, when you were 10, 11, 12 years old, what was the thing that you knew you wanted to do? You kind of knew you wanted to be a fill in the blank, right? And when you kind of connect the answers from those questions, it starts to resurface for people, this thing of, well, hmm, if I didn't have to worry about income, And I was honest to the things that really fired me up. Right. And by the way, let me add a third one. And if you knew you could not fail, what would you fill in that blank with? Right. And that's the thing I tell people then, 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 then go experiment with that. Right. The, the beauty about the, the, one of the challenges I think we have sometimes is feeling that we have to see the end And back to where we are with this air of perfection. And then it it will be linear. Like, okay, if I want to be a CFO, then I'll go be a junior accountant, then an accountant, then a division accountant, then a controller, maybe a comptroller, then I'll be CFO. It, it doesn't typically happen that way, right? Like a lot of things happen in this tapestry called life and careers. And you have to do some experiments. So if you think you want to be a robotics engineer, um, I'm not, I'm not sure I would ever say to you, jump right into an MBA for that versus find somebody and use words such as I enjoy. I like what you do. Okay, and here's why I like what you do. Um, I feel I want to do that because I've always wanted to. So on and so forth, so forth. Here's some things I've done some so far. I've looked at some articles. I've taken some YouTube video things. But what will really help me is to be an apprentice and have an internship with you. I was it use the capital A word, apprenticeship. We don't use that word often enough. Tell someone you want to be their apprentice, do some experimentation, do some work before you plow another two years into something.
0: That's a good thing, because you might as well exhaust your resources and your effort in something which you would love to do in the future than something you're forced to do because of immaterial things. And one thing I'd like Absolutely. to add is that, uh, in one of your interviews, I heard that when you were a kid, your dream was that you were going to be the next DJ Jazzy Jeff. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Yeah.
0: So, and that, and also that there was a radio person who you was to look up to and
2: then you came up with,
0: yeah. Then you came up with Core Link Radio, right? So can you tell us that story?
2: Yeah. I grew up doing a lot of uh, music stuff. I was in, the, you know, choir and band in school and then when rap music kind of became the thing, I started doing that. I was rapping, I was producing, I was DJing. am Jazzy Jeff around the city, trying any party, he was DJing trying to get into the party or or, or whatever and and uh, and then um in high school, my last year of high school, our English teacher said, "You know, you should you should figure out how to spend time with somebody who's doing what you wanted to do and i wanted to be a radio disc jockey and in philadelphia doug henderson was on 105.3 wds he just had this smooth voice he was so good and so uh i called the station and asked if he would see me and he actually said yes so went down to the station and spent time with him one afternoon and he was just like he would talk to me and he said hold on henderson smooth afternoon for the ride and then come right back He's amazing. This guy's amazing. Right. So, uh, and that was it. And so when I got the chance, uh, when anytime I could, right. I was producing different groups for, um, for fun and then we started uh tri- it was called trigland productions which morphed into core ministries and the core solution but it's been a continuous string of as i work my day jobs and you know be this executive at work so as i get off work i'm trying to have fun and do this this thing which i love so much right and it's a combination of that fit my faith work and my love for music and, and tech, it all comes together in this space. And I still, I'm considering doing a radio show that maybe, you know, gets syndicated. And so uh, I've never let it go. That's
0: amazing
2: to hear. So
1: you have worked at a hardware store, then you went on to work at a mall. And you also worked as a senior VP of JP Morgan. And uh, now you're working, now you're running like a non-profit organization, the Coalink Solutions, as we all know. So which of these jobs has taught you the most and uh, which job had the best learning experience?
2: Oh, wow. Um, which has had the most interesting learning experience. You know, that's a, wow. It's an interesting question. You know, they, I think each of them have different experience, right? I'm not sure I can say any is the most interesting. I would say, okay. this, so I'm, I'm going to admit that up front is that the current journey has taught me much more about myself right? Leaving the corporate environment and doing, uh, the coiling salute as, um, in those environments, you get very used to roles and positions and a lot of authority and a lot of different things that come with them. Right. Um, and yeah. when you're doing something for yourself, that is your passion work. Um, it's totally different. The metrics are different. I think you have to think about the metrics differently, the scoreboard differently, success differently, uh, you get much more with what you're feeling sensing thinking etc and i think what starts to unravel a little bit is what i call sometimes the big the big uh, the big lie right <laughs> earlier when it was you know <laughs> words like work work life balance right yeah. then it was you know work life integration but to a certain extent it was still about balance in there right it was like work life integration let's let's figure out how to all make it together but almost within it is this continuous sense of i'll do these things now to earn an income and do such and such and such and such in order to truly live right and i think yeah. that we, we just need to constantly challenge that idea of deferring our purpose right and our passion right? Versus trying to get closer to it now. So when people ask the question of what would you tell your 18 year old self, I would tell my 18 year old self, listen, uh, two things, don't take on debt. Okay. Because debt uh, so sub- makes you subordinate to income, right? Keep your debt low, yeah. chase passion and purpose, part two, and then three, don't be- believe that to make an income at it. Who told you that? How, did you experiment? Did you test it? And so um yeah. So sorry for the rant, but
0: <laughs>
2: that's one of the biggest <laughs> no, learnings to me in this last stage.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That that's actually like really helpful for us and it's a good perspective to have. And uh, so another question which we had is that again, related to students is that you've been an executive in multimillion dollar companies. So you've worked with people, you've hired people, you've worked with juniors and seniors and mentors and mentees. So what are the three qualities that you look forward to in a person that you're either hiring or what are the three qualities that you teach your mentees to for their future, even on a personal level or a professional level?
2: Yeah, that's a good question. Um, you know, my, my last is, you know, one of the questions that I mentioned to you guys, you, you amassed untold fortunes tomorrow. What are you going to do with your time? Right. Cause I try to get to that passion question and then I will ask a interview candidate. Okay. Help me understand. then if that's your passion, how that's going to show up here in your work with us. Right. And for a lot of people gonna go, well, you know, I don't know. I, I want to do this, but, You know i'm doing this job for for you know to earn an income as a leader i firmly believe i have to be a part of making sure you get to your passion and purpose right sometime part time anytime (laughs) right because that's the thing that's going to release the best of you so for to, to joss is the honesty in that conversation to understand and their willingness to share it, because a lot of times people won't share it. They feel like if I share it, then I'll put myself at risk because, like, I'm truly invested here. Like I'm going to be 100 focused here. And what I'm saying to them, no, is this is the beginning of our manager right uh, employee relationship, right to really set you on fire. Yeah. So that's number one. That that kind of transparency yeah. and relationship. Number two is uh, intellectual curiosity. Someone who is just uh, a insatiable learner who just wants to learn constantly right they 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 want this incline of opportunity and challenge so they continue to learn um and and that perfection is not about it's about saying look um there's a phrase right um fools think that fools think they're wise wise men Wise men know they're foolish. Wise men know I will never learn at all. And the more I get to learn, the more I know there's missing. I want people who have that appetite that know I'm still probably missing something. How can I how can I learn? How can I get it? And then the third thing is emotional intelligence. Right. The ability to step back and the ability to, you know, the, the level of self-awareness, self-correction, uh, leaning into relationships. Right. They understand, you know, they're beginning to understand relationship equity and investing in relationships. That whole uh emotional awareness stress tolerance and things such as that is probably the third thing
0: well, those those really could cover many domains so thanks for that that's really informative for us
1: yeah so, <laughs> I'm, gonna the, yeah, so I'm gonna move on with the next question uh, so so you have worked as a as we mentioned that you have worked at uh, hardware hardware and mall. So what are the highlights and uh, lowlights of working in a hardware store compared to being a senior VP of JPMC? So how does that compare?
2: Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, Well, the highlights of of that particular experience was a great mentor. He was my first uh, business mentor, right? Guy named Joe Jankowski. I I didn't want that job. Um, I wanted to play around all summer like the rest of my friends. But I had a, uh, I was chasing my passion to be a DJ and I needed money for my turntables. And my mother said she was not going to buy them. She, she said, you know, I've seen you do a bunch of hobbies starting, start. have to finance it yourself. So I go to get this summer job and it is the best thing that could happen to me. He ran a hardware store and everything from making keys to installing alarm systems in your home. And, uh, taught me as much as I wanted to learn. So when I went in, I had one expectation. I'll learn how to do you know, this, that, and that. He teaches me, you know, beyond the keys, how to, how to install alarm systems, how to do the inventory, how to do obviously the register and things like, that. even when somebody walked, conceivably we didn't fix or did, he almost never said no to a customer. He we said, well, Hey, hey hold on. I, I would be saying, no, we don't sell that. Or we don't fix that. And I out the back hey hey hold on hold on wait we, we what do you have what's the problem and it'd be like a broken alarm clock or broke, you know something and i go joe we don't do that go, well, let me take a look at it and he, he opens it up and so the compassion and his intellectual curiosity intellectual curiosity so that's the thing i learned there how to do how to do a lot with a little is right how to let your yeah beautiful uh, quote I heard I'm I'm a big person on quotes and the quote I heard the other day is uh, resources can be the enemy of creativity that is such an impactful quote right resources can be the enemy of creativity Um, and so uh, compared to somewhere like a JP Morgan Chase where you just have tons of resources and money behind you to to invest in the things you wanna invest in and whatnot. I think the difference in there is you have an unbelievable brand, unbelievable caliber of people around you um, internationally, right? I mean, just, you know, even in my responsibilities, I covered a number of countries around the world. Um, and then I think you learn, for me, the learning in that environment is how to work in that kind of machine because it is a machine, right? When you have yeah. a trillion dollar plus company, um p- people aren't doing things by happenstance they're not joe right they don't run out and say hey how can i do no this these are a set of products and services uh this is how we manage to certain profit margin expectations so on and so forth so um yeah it's it's different it's different yeah,
0: yeah. i guess that can do attitude is really positive i feel that that's great uh, a really, yeah. really good story yeah, um, yeah.
1: Uh, We can relate with that quote a little bit because uh, that uh, resources can be an enemy to creativity because a lot of people we see around us uh, which have grown to a high position, basically, they started at zero. They really didn't have anything at first. So yeah, it's totally relatable. Yes. So okay, so
0: we're talking about starting from having nothing. So as as students also, our resources are from what we get from now i guess relatively because of online education the resources have increased because you can do courses you have youtube youtube endless source of information yes. endless source yeah. of entertainment, everything you have everything so so before you take a decision for your life so even as you said that working for your passion uh it it needs courage and you you can't uh for many people there are a lot of things happening in their life and just following your passion is also you have to p- keep something at stake so if it could be a uh, like family or your life or everything so yes. i, I want to talk about the leap of faith so like before you're starting out so uh, what was your leap of faith moment which you had that you took you took a gamble on and then yes. it paid off really well and uh, what is that one uh thing where you were most afraid of that? Okay, this is mm. so you you had a moment of hold on, James. We got to think about this. <laughs> what do yeah. what, what, what do I do now?
2: So yeah, it was I, probably my move. The, the, the biggest one of the biggest ones. Well, I mean there are two. One, one was leaving corporate, and what is probably the height of my career. And when there's so much trajectory in front of me, right? And anyone at that time, I'm chief commercial officer at Legal Shield. this 2018, and so most people say, man, you could you know from here, right? You've you've done the Big, you know, the 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 enormous company thing of JP Morgan Chase, which is a trillion dollar plus company. You go to Allstate, which at the time was a $40 billion company, and you're president of a division. Then you go to a five, four hundred million dollar company as as president again, and then chief commercial officer. Because of the different industries and the different companies at the different stages, you could you could probably go do a C suite either COO role, right? Or a smaller co- or a mid sized company CEO role, right? So this, this is the, this is the brink of, you know, this is, you can do whatever you want to do, right? And I go, no, I want to leave. I want to go <laughs> do, do nonprofit, right? So that, that one was a little scary in the sense that, um, you feel like, man, I've let go of the jet stream, and now I'm going to take it all on, right? Everything, right? The financials and, and all that, and figure out figure out how it works, right? Because I hadn't done nonprofit before; I've never gone, you know, quote unquote, asking for money as a you know nonprofit. Um, I think the the next one from a career perspective was actually leaving Allstate to go to Legal Shield, right? I mean, I had gotten really used to the large machines and all those resources and whatnot, and to go from a forty billion dollar company to uh, 300 to 350 million dollar company it's a big deal right i was used to having my own team tons of resources and i was told by the private equity guys you know well yeah you won't have that you'll have to rope your sleeves a lot more and are you going to be okay with that And you won't have a big marketing budget and you know and i remember you know i was in illinois at the time we're from the east coast philly and we had moved to illinois and that's what I mean, going to Dallas and Oklahoma. And uh, I remember how much time I took thinking about it and I had never done private equity before. So I was so used to a lot of the sh- a surety that comes, quote unquote, surety, right? Nothing sure, but, you know, higher degree of confidence in a big public all state and then you go legal shield to private equity, like, I, you know, I, how do I think? But I wanted to make this bet on if I think I can deliver it's a higher grade of return, right? If I help deliver what I'm supposed to deliver and help the company gets to its next set of private equity owners. So that was a big one.
0: So, okay. So like staying on the topic. So what are the three things you will tell someone who is about to take the decision right now? So like, even for, again, let's go back to college. So for college students, you're figuring out your passion. So what are the three things you would say before they jump into something?
2: Yeah. One, um, are you, are you clear? Do you have a level of clarity about your passion and purpose, right? Like, do you have it written down with some level of clarity around what that big it is? And again, don't worry about being perfectly right today, because this is only a starting point to help you to guide you down, right? Um, two, how are you selecting companies and interviewing them as they interview you, right? You, you personally, I believe, want to go somewhere where you can experiment in that passion and purpose and find both a company that has an environment and culture that is going to support that. And initially the leader that's hiring you, you see that supporting them as well. Right. A lot of times when we're interviewing, we are ready for all the questions, but we're not ready to ask the questions to make sure it's a great fit for us. Right. Uh, And then the, the third thing is, um, are you ready to perform in such a way that gets you through those experiments rapidly, right? So if you're if if you if you not ready to do beyond the 40 hours and so on and so forth, it's hard to have the link against number one, particularly very, very early in your career, right? You should get to a point where, yeah, you can work as, you know, more, you know, 40, heck, get to less than if you can, right? Get all that. But when you start, right, you are trying to get more uh more times at bat i don't know how else to say it right you want to get up to bat more often you need to get up there and get the three swings in and if you strike out fine you need to get back up there quickly so this is not about i get the job and i've won no the the, getting the job is getting to the plate now you gotta get some more times at bat
0: i i guess after you get an opportunity you need to make the best out of it so regardless of what it takes
2: absolutely
1: you have stressed on how important is it to be with people like uh, throughout your journey have you have had the opportunity to meet many people have the experiences share their experiences uh, uh, understand each other's point of view so could you just please expand on how we can do that as a college student because uh, we nowadays in the online world we really don't have that kind of uh, luxury so yeah. yeah
0: One one thing I'd like to add is that in your video of about the elevator speech uh,
2: mm.
0: on YouTube, I'll I'll recommend all the listeners to check it out. It's a really good video. Really gives a lot of perspective and how to manage your elevator speech. So I've had many elevator speeches with people, and yes. uh, so how, first of all, how do you talk to someone who you have no clue about? You've never met the person. So how do you initiate? A conversation but also of how you work with people you have already working with and in case of a conflict so how do you deal with them so there's a two-part yeah. question
2: yeah so I'll, I'll answer the first one first in terms of you know i think your question Pr- pranav of uh creating relationships and developing them particularly right now in this vir- more virtual environment um i think the same rules still apply is uh people are interested in people that are interested in them right yeah and so okay. You know, when you when you reach out to someone, uh, there's a a mentor used to say this. The former uh, guy who started Legal Shield, I think, this is his quote. He said, "You know, if you show a person in one hand a hundred dollar bill and in another hand a picture of them on the front of a magazine, they will reach for the magazine every time." (laughs) (laughs) Right? They're interested in who's interested in them. Okay? Okay. Uh, Than the money. And so you take that as and that's something, you know, I, I frame up in the pitch is that when you're reaching out to someone, uh, you, you need to strike some point of relevance. If I'm reaching out to, to Jazz, I need to say, hey, hey, listen, I know you're a student here and so on and so forth. I'm in high school. I'm considering that college as well. I've heard about some of the work you've been doing from your professors and that you really are someone they watch. And so you've done well at this school. Now you are listening. They've done some research on you. Right, they're interested. They want your specific advice because of these reasons, etc. Now you can start to to go in with, with the ask, right? And you can say a little bit more about some of the research you've done. Hey, I've got all the pamphlets. I've done all this online because you also don't want to feel like they're they're totally lazy, right? They're just holistically dependent on you, right? So yeah. these are the things I've done. But it would help me so much if I could spend some time with you, to Josh, to better understand what your experience has been like. What are the things you've done to become successful? even in your success, I know you've probably done some things that you would not do again because they hurt you a little bit as well. I'd like to hear those stories, right? That, that is how it starts in my humble opinion, right? Um, in terms of, uh, when you have conflict with people, um, there's a, there's something I learned, maybe I learned this the hard way, but I think the, the, the distance between hearing and empathy is probably four steps, right? We, we audibly hear something, we listen, we may effectively listen, but then we get we can get to empathy if we have the patience, right? So hearing's just an audible thing. Like I hear you droning on, but I'm really waiting to respond. Listening, kind of the same. Effective listening, I, I paraphrase back some things to ensure that you know I heard them and get clarity. But the definition of empathy is feeling what the other person is feeling. So if you want to resolve conflict, in my opinion, again, um, you have to slow down in order to really take in and digest and try to feel what the jobs is feeling. So if you told me to just, hey, I'm having a hard time at school, this is really tough. This that and Okay. Like, hey, listen, I'm a board member at the right. You just need to buckle down, man. You need to sit in, you need to, you know, ramp up more hours. Versus if I'm really hearing you out and I you tell your story and you tell me how it is in your country, and I'm really listening and paying attention. I'm starting to get into what's there because a lot of times the, the problem initially expressed is not the biggest problem. So when we get to that empathy and what this person is really feeling and go, you know what the jazz, as I listen to you, you have a lot going on between what's happening in your country right now, how it's been hit by the pandemic, things happening yeah. in your family, so on and so forth. Now we can have a, a real conversation.
0: So we've covered many topics. So one will, on a lighter note is that yes. you've expressed your love for music. Uh, in our previous episode, it was on stress and anxiety and how to deal with stress. Uh, so we had a 15-minute episode just for this. Is that how yes. can we deal with uh, stress? So one of it was listen to music, because everyone loves music. What is your relationship with music? So how do you listen to different kind of music with in different situations? Wow,
2: that's a good question. So, uh, wow, I've never had that question. So I predominantly listen to Christian rap, In gospel music. I mean, it has to be 95%, 98% of the time. Uh I have playlists created for different functions, right? Or moods. So when I'm on my Peloton, I've got a playlist for that and that. Uh, because I want, you know, I'm working out. I want, I want upbeat. I've got uh certain songs for that I may be listening to when I'm playing my brother on uh we play Madden on PlayStation online a lot uh and so i'm a, i i'm probably more mood based right and it's going to be largely christian rapping and, and then uh gospel music same thing even tempo versus a bunch of slower more worship and uh praise melodies and whatnot uh when i'm in that mood so yeah that's that's probably yeah. me yeah yeah
1: That's a good choice we'll check it out so yeah so 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 are most of the listeners uh, we have on this podcast, our students, uh, we also being students. So, so is there anything, anything you advise any, is there any advice that you can give to college students who are just breaking into the scene who don't know their passion, who don't know what their passion is, who don't know what they want to pursue in life. So is there anything you want to tell them?
2: Yeah, that's just, just what I was saying earlier. I mean, just, just ask yourselves those questions, right? You know, what, what are some of those things in your youth? Um, you know, when you were 10 or 12 and the reason I use that age is because at 10 or 12, you're not thinking about income, right? It's yeah. when you get to the income piece, then everything starts to change. Cause you, you want to yeah. see, you know, I mean, we think about what happens with marketing. Marketing is about a frame of reference, right? So mm-hmm. our brain loves a frame of reference, right? So if we go, uh, Coca-Cola, we know that's in the dark, cola category and we can see everything else like rc cola when it was around dr pepper right uh same thing with cars suvs versus statinette. we love to get something let our brain fixate on it and we can make a decision in a nanosecond right the challenge with passion and purpose is those frames of reference often work for you often work at your demise because they get you to quickly negate going down this path of venturing for yourself You go, oh, well, no one else has done that yet. There's no frame of reference. Right. So Steve Jobs didn't have a frame of reference. Right. Uh, Tesla didn't have a frame of reference. There there were none. Right. Um, People who people who carve the groove in the wood do not get the benefit necessarily of a frame of reference. So or you just may not know who they are because you haven't explored it. And so don't cut yourself short. Answer those questions. What would you do? You know, if you've got, you know. 10 million bucks tomorrow took care of everything what are you gonna do with the time um what are you going to do you know what would what did you want to do when you were 10 or 12 years old right what do you not want to regret on your deathbed yeah what do you not want to what do you not want to go away you know leave life and not have done yeah Yeah,
1: yes as you specifically mentioned like we ask our uh, eight-year-olds or nine-year-olds what we do so, uh, what do we? What do you think about what if we ask uh, a forty-year-old person, like our future forty-year-old friend, of what he wants to do in the future? Because I've actually heard uh, many speakers uh, say like this: that imagine yourself at forty. So, yeah. how does it differ then?
2: <laughs> you know, I. You know, that's a great question. I don't know. I, I will tell you that when I do the success on your own term sessions with adults, and I ask oh. them the same passion questions. Yeah. It's, it's so funny. They all go like this. <laughs> <laughs> the smile comes across their face because they remember what it was. It's almost like it's almost like excavating, right? They have to go under these yeah. mounds of dirt, right? But they pull it up in their memories and they go, Oh yeah, I wanted to. And then I say, you know, I, I did this in a room, I never forget. It was a room of 50 people. Asked them what they what, what it was. So they, their faces light up. Then I say, How many of you are doing that now? Oh, no hands. Why? Why is why is that? Well, because I said now some of these people in the room I knew because I worked with them before. I said, you're one of the smartest people I know. Are you telling me that thing you're talking about has no income potential? They're like, no. I said, but look how excited you are about it right now. So what holds you back from chasing that? Yeah. Short, the the surety of the one k here or the, you know, <laughs> stock options? And I said, and if you really weigh that out, is it, and as people start thinking, and then I'm worried about getting in trouble, I'm like, right, I'm not telling people to quit their job, right? But when they do that critical thinking, right, and, yeah. and that, and so back to your, your question, Pranav, the, the one thing I would say is, do the critical thinking and write these things out for yourself in a journal. We are, um, man, we are just inundated with things to do with every second of our time. And you have to be intentional about setting time for yourself. If you believe in meditation, meditate. If you believe in prayer, pray and wait for answers after you pray. Like don't do the shotgun 15 second prayer and walk away, like actually pray and stay for a while. Right. (laughs) Um, But then um, take that time for yourself. So I know one of the things I've learned to do over time is put meetings on my calendar with myself this is a meeting with myself. This is my time, right? I know for me in the morning, um, I don't do any emails or won't talk to anybody until I do my daily devotions, right? A little Bible study and my workout. I I can't, I just, I have to have that time to get myself ready to take in everything else that's gonna come after that, right? And that's one of the things I would give to the students, get into a practice of that kind of care for yourself to give yourself space to think through these important questions
1: yeah yeah my time is very necessary yeah. <laughs> while we're on the adult topic uh so what is the market today how would you like, change his fields, change his path uh, he really feels that he has found his passion and uh so how would you how would you go on changing the paths of his careers uh, how is the market today post pandemic to do all these things how would you suggest to go on with that
2: So I lost a little bit of you. You were breaking up a little bit, but is the question, how do you chase your passion and purpose in the midst of this kind of market where the market is right now?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, So I'm not an economist by any way, shape or form. So, you know, be, I'll, I'll just say that, um, you know, the, the market to me is, uh, it's been back and forth and it treats different groups so differently right? And I think it's created a greater divide between the haves and the have-nots. And I'm, I'm very sensitive to that, right? So I want to make sure my advice is on point because, you know, depending on where you are, it could be very different, right? If if you've been further impacted, you're already impacted in the pandemic, you've been further impacted. I get that. Um, and, uh, so I would just say the market is is challenging and, and who knows when it's going to turn. And some are doing very well in the market and it feels like a bubble waiting to burst to me. It reminds me of right before 07 and 08, before the mortgage crisis hit, um, how good things were for some people. And then it burst. Right. So, you know, I say that to say a couple of things. So one, uh, be wise to um, try to make decisions again with the thought of experimentation first. And so if you want to try something new, passion and purpose, for example, if you want to be a merchandiser, you don't have to start with 30 shirts. You can start with one, right? And you can do yeah. drop shipping and you give up some margin, but you also decrease your initial investment costs. You use Shopify, you design the shirt, you let them ship it. So what you only make a couple dollars a shirt versus, you know, five or $6, but you take down your risk financially to start. And then you get started, you build something people need and want. I mean, because that's all a product or services is is filling a gap of, of a want or need. Right. And then you scale. And so that's what I would just say to people is that as you're chasing it, experiment quickly. There used to be a time I remember before Agile where every project was like a long project Gantt plan that took forever. Right. And then we got to Agile and agile was good for running projects, but then it took a while for that to get to the marketing thing, right? And we said, we would still build almost full products to take them to market. And you you gotta get to a point where you say, no, 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 no. How can I put enough on paper or enough on a website that I spend $20 a month on, right? To show the concept to people and get people to buy in on the concept. Yeah, okay, that
1: that answers my question. And that was really insightful. (laughs)
0: we're coming to the end of our episode. And the so we started this podcast for helping people. And with coerlink solutions, you share our belief. So our, my question is, what is your short term and long term goal right now for Calling solutions?
2: Yeah, I think the short term goal is continuing to distribute our youth program to uh, schools and other organizations that want to use it. Just this past Saturday, I was down in West Virginia teaching the program. Um, And so the program is built that, you know, I can teach it or somebody else from our team or we have a trainer trainer and you can be a facilitator and teach it. Um, Mm -hmm. The second short term is uh, to continue to build the podcast and our tribe of people who want to support Mm -hmm. longer term is to have a. a number of uh content pieces that help people really unlock their career and unlock their faith right we try to bring both of them together that they shouldn't be mutually exclusive your career and faith can come together and you don't have to sacrifice one for the other but they both can flourish and uh so that's a long-term goal
0: so firstly all the best for all your <laughs> goals from our side and before we end the episode there are two two questions that we ask all our guests sure. which and so first question is that, which is the best mistake you've ever made?
2: Oh, the best mistake I ever made. Um, the best mistake. Think about that for a second. Yeah. Uh, it, you know, it was probably, uh, relying too much on authority versus, uh, collaboration at one point, costly mistake it cost me a lot of time but i never forgot it and i, I definitely increased yeah. my collaboration exponentially i was in a new role i had been given a lot of authority by the ceo and the board to do it and i just okay. wanted to yeah. push through it and i wasn't nearly as collaborative as i should have been not nearly okay. yeah
0: so, so the second question is that uh, we are fans of movies and we are fans of books and we read a lot of books so what are any Number of books or any number of movies which have really impacted your life and which like help you shape your life in a way.
2: Mm. Principles of Leadership uh, by Stephen Covey uh, is one. Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Oh, yeah. I think that one has really has really uh, has always stuck with me. And then um, Traction by Gino Wickman is one that over the last five years has stuck with me and I've, I've gone back to repeatedly. Yeah. Just this is Denzel Washington movie. I can't think of the name of it, but he's he's the coach of a football team. I can't think of the name of it right now. But it was one of the most impactful movies ever. Um The Titans. We are the Titans. Rem- remember the uh, Titans. Remember uh, the okay, Titans. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yes.
0: So
1: Okay, so before we end Pranav is what's your like uh, like as uh, sir said like uh, I'm also a big fan of Stephen Covey. I also have the book right here i also have uh, seven habits here right here uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah there you go so yeah it really has impacted and i will only name that book so seven habits has really been impactful yes yes well i have seven habits too
0: so, <laughs> I have a to read. <laughs> so i'm gonna i'm gonna get to it but then currently i'm reading uh, how to win friends and influence people so Del carnegie read, yeah Dale, yeah um, amazing great book. and okay so we're finishing the episode on a high thank you sir again thanks for coming and Absolutely. this whole conversation has been really informative people can take a lot from here so i hope you guys noted down some notes or something all the listeners because there's a lot <laughs> and a lot of helpful information and all the books we're gonna put it on our instagram anyway so you can. Okay. uh check out the books you can check out sir's book it is very uh, informative so thank you sir
2: thank, thank you. you for
0: joining us here. Thank, thank you
2: thank you so much